Snippet, the short podcast platform. Welcome to Boy Meets 90s, a new show from Snippet, celebrating 90s and early 2000s nostalgia. Each show, we're going to highlight a specific element of pop culture and interview a notable guest about it from that era. But why me? Why now? Well, I'm Tyler Russell. I'm 32 years old. I'm a radio and podcast producer in Laguna Beach, California. And like you, I find myself constantly daydreaming about the good old days, about Nickelodeon gack, about wondering whether my Tamagotchi will live or die because I forgot to feed it about connecting my Game Boy to a friend's Game Boy, you know, with a link cable so we can evolve my Kadabra into an Alakazam. Kids these days, I don't think they get it. And it seems like now more than ever, with the gradual takeover of technology, we need to look back and fondly remember a simpler decade. So let's go back to a time when kids' show names didn't start with a lowercase letter or a hashtag. Let's start with the best of the best, Boy Meets World. When this boy meets world. Some of us discovered the show during its first run in the 90s on ABC, but some of us didn't find it until Disney aired reruns in the early 2000s. Either way, seeing Corey, Topanga, Sean, Eric, and others survive high school, fall in love, grow up, go to college, and of course, learn life lessons from Mr. Feeney was more than television. It was a reflection of our own formative years. But what was the secret sauce that made it so special? Well, today we'll find out from one of the actors, Ryder Strong, who played Sean Hunter in Boy Meets World and plays him still in Girl Meets World, which he also directs. He'll be on the phone to tell us how the show influenced an entire generation. In Boy Meets World, Ryder Strong plays the bad boy Sean Hunter a troubled youth from a poor family who had been in five different schools before he was 12 until he eventually lands in middle school in Philadelphia and befriends Corey Matthews after saving him from an animal pen at the zoo. But aside from that and maybe wearing a leather jacket, did Sean really ever do anything that was all that rebellious? Here's Ryder. Was Sean really that much of a bad boy? Like, what are they, I mean, he blew up a mailbox? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's, 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 Boy Meets World is very funny because we have all these, you know, these, archetypes of the characters, but a lot of it is because the characters talk about the way they are. They don't actually do the things they're talking about all that often. Like, you know, Sean Hunter, like, I ran away from home, maybe. I did take a road trip. You wore really, a leather like, jacket. Whole, That's basically... I wore a leather jacket. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Right. Sean wore a leather jacket and was poor. We may have watched television characters grow up in front of us, but we also watched the actors go through their teenage years. Many of the activities the characters took part in were reflections of what was actually going on in their adolescent lives, and Ryder was into some pretty adult subjects. There's the whole fact that Sean became a poet for no reason for, you know, a couple episodes, and that was entirely because at the time I was really into poetry, and I was reading and writing poetry, and, and I think the writers just knew, you know, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing for this 17-year-old kid to be 
into poetry and they were like, that's weird. And then they talked to me about it. And then it was like, all right, we're going to put that in the show. And then they did. And then, you know, I ended up writing the poems for that Sean wrote on the show. And then, um, you know, like I took a road trip one year when we were off the, off the, the when we were on hiatus with my friends, I took like a, a six week road trip around the country um, and they wrote that into the show too. So like the next season, when I came back, you know, and I came back to the show and I had grown a goatee and the writers were like, what have you been doing all summer? I was like, Oh, I've been driving around the country. And they're like, we're going to use that. That's totally going to be, John's going to go on a road trip to try and find himself. And, you know, so yeah, they totally incorporated parts of us, you know, because they don't know. I mean, you know, these are 35, 40 year old dudes trying to write for you know, 16 year olds. So they, they would dip into our lives every once in a while. Definitely. The point is I am not definitely not Sean Hunter, but obviously like, there's so much intertwined with us just because, you know, I was playing him for so long and obviously that's what people know me as. So I think there's a lot of association by default, you know, and no one can hear my voice without thinking of that character because my voice hasn't changed since I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but how did a show about stuff like that, about seemingly meaningless high school relationships airing on Friday nights on ABC where it really couldn't find its audience become the cultural phenomenon that it is. Here's Ryder talking about when he realized that the show meant something to so many people. I don't think it really clicked for me until way later, until um, the 2000s. Um, because while we were doing the show, we, we got okay ratings, um, but we didn't get great ratings. And we even we lasted for seven years, but there was this sense that um, you know we were part of GIF lineup on Friday night, and there was this sense that um, there were other shows that were more successful than us. Basically, like yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, for instance, had higher ratings, <laughs> and we we you know I, I think our fans were young and therefore not, and there, there wasn't an offline internet culture the same way there is now, so we didn't hear from the fans the same way that I think we would we would now, or that, that kids' shows nowadays hear from their fans much more immediately. So we always kind of felt like we were, we had our own little corner of ABC that nobody cared about, the network didn't really care about us. Yeah, so we had fans come to our live tapings, but, you know, at most that would be 100 and 200 people or something, and we just never really knew how, what kind of effect we were having, we hope. We just didn't know what, what what we had, you know, and when we, we didn't really get it until I started getting really approached um, when I was living in New York, like 2004-ish, you know, because people started getting older and they started coming up to me and, you know, in bars or wherever I was out and saying, you know, I grew up with your show. <laughs> and also what started happening then was they were rerunning on Disney Channel. Yeah, that's, that's where good. I first started watching it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where we really found our audience uh, oddly enough um and i think you know it was on every day all the time and it just you know it wasn't because we were a primetime show and i think as a primetime show we weren't a huge hit yeah but as a daytime kids show which we became once disney channel started running us we were we we were part of a you know a new network because disney channel was just sort of becoming its own uh real established network at that time yeah um yeah, and then that's so it wasn't really until the mid two thousands I think that that we really hit, which is weird. And and now you know it's so crazy that it's lasted this long. I mean, it's great. 
Why do you think that is? Why did it resonate with people so much? And what did they take from it that made it such a big deal? Because we weren't crappy, you know? Like, Say by the Bell was a shitty show. Like, <laughs> our show was good. Like, I mean, I, I, I really believe that. Like, we cared about what we were doing. Yeah. We had more developed characters. We didn't, you know, like, a lot of sitcoms, um, like Say by the Bell, get mean. You know, like, the big jokes will be that, that the characters demean one another and um, make fun of each other. And if you watch our first season, we did some of that. You know, we had a Minkus character. It was like make fun of the nerd, and then even Topanga, when she started, was like the hippie, and she was so weird, and it was like, and we really grew out of that. So, if Fred is 25% slower than Al, then 25% of six minutes is... Anybody? It's a minute and a half, which leaves us with... 4.5. Four and a half minutes is the correct answer. Hold your applause, please. Mr. Minkus... You're wrong. Wrong? As in, not right? You know the law of averages better than I do. It was bound to catch up with you. Where are you going? Nurse. <laughs> Minkus, you're wrong. I've been waiting to hear those words since preschool. By second season, we started evolving and, you know, treating all the characters with respect and you know i mean it's not like i can take any credit for this by the way it's all the writers you know michael jacobs in particular who created the show he really started to care about the characters and make sure that we were never dismissive and then you know the, the backbone of the show was always mr feeney and the fact that mr feeney was teaching us a lesson about life yes not just teaching us in the classroom and i think you know, it was, it's cheesy, it's on the nose, it's expositional, but at the end of the day, it's better to have that than not. And people, you know, I think enjoy it, they laugh when they're kids, and then if they catch it when they're older, they're like, wow, this show is actually kind of dealing with some real stuff, you know? And, and yeah, there, you know, there are times that it becomes very special, episode-y, you know, and it's not great, but then there were other times when it, I think it really worked, and we struck a nice tone somewhere between being sentimental and being really, you know, a drama show. And, right. And I, I, that makes us last. I, and I'm proud of that, you know, because you, you look at, you know, you can make fun of the fashion, like, you know, it's ridiculous, <laughs> and you can make fun of a lot of aspects of it, but you can't really take away from Boy Meets World, like, at its heart, we really, we, we really believed in Corey and Topanga's love, and we never... We never made fun of it. We never treated it disrespectfully. It was like a real thing. And so when they got married and when the show went that direction, it was like, no, no, these are real people and this is a real thing and we're going to make, you know, it's special. And I think that lasts. I think people remember that from their childhoods. And, and, you know, as opposed to, I think, a lot of other teen sitcoms, just, you know, they would throw characters under the bus. They didn't care. Like, if it was a good joke, fast. If the, you know, the actors suck, they fire them. They get rid of that character. And, like, we just, we held on. And I think um, I think it's come back to us. It didn't really help us at the time, um, but now I think it's coming back in, in a lot of great ways. You know, a lot of people grew up watching the show, whether they saw it on ABC or on Disney Channel, and they, they grew up learning these life lessons from Mr. Feeney, like you mentioned, or relating to whatever character they related to. Are there things that you learned on the show that are kind of reflected in what your characters learned, too? Well, I made the joke when Boyhood came out, like, you know, people were like, 
they watched you know this guy they filmed it so he grew up and i was like you mean like a tv show because that's <laughs> just what tv does like it's not that big of a deal yes they compress it into an hour and a half or two hours but you know the idea of an actor growing at the same age of their character has happened a lot and it happened for us um and I, I, you know, there is something cool about that. There's something magical about that if you were the same age or even if you're watching it later, you know, while you're going through uh, your own adolescence. Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember breaking up with my first girlfriend while doing the show and, like, being so heartbroken and dramatic and not wanting to work. And, you know, meanwhile, we were doing episodes about Corey and Topanga breaking up. Mm-hmm. And it was like... I remember reading the scripts as they were coming in and being like, oh, I totally get how Corey feels like this is the end of his life because this is how I feel right now, and I'm going through it while we're making a show about it. Boy Meets 90s will be right back. We'll talk more about the man who helped the actors and the characters navigate those teenage problems, Mr. Feeney. Boy Meets 90s So, Mr. Feeney, the difficult, stern, yet somehow lovable teacher who imparts pearls of wisdom on the kids in almost every episode. And William Daniels, the actor, actually came back in Girl Meets World, which writer Strong directed and starred in during its run from 2014 to 2017. Here's writer again talking about somebody who had such a huge influence on his life and on his career. It was so good to see Bill again and and work with him. It's like, you know, it's so funny for him because here's this guy who just had a legendary acting career. I mean, he started doing Broadway when he was five years old. You know, he's been he's been acting his entire life. And at this age, when he goes around town, you know, he, he has a place in New York. When he walks down New York, like, people don't come up to him and say, the graduate. They don't come up to him and say, 1776. They run up to him and say, Mr. Feeney. <laughs> and he loves it. He loves it, you know, because he was discovered by a whole new generation that never would have paid any attention to him, you know. And and I think when we started the show, he had no idea what he was getting into. He was like, what is this? I am, because he had never done multi-camera before. I mean, this is somebody who, you know, he had won two Emmys for St. Elsewhere. He's like a really, really serious, incredible actor. And so here he was, you know, with two, you know, kids trying to wrangle two crazy young 13-year-old actors and, and talk to them seriously, and and uh, I think you know. In the end, he is so proud of, of of Boy Meets World because it ended up being you know kind of one of his most lasting legacies, and the one that he you know has enjoyed the most this this latter, latter, later part of his life. Is there something you learned from Mr. Feeney as a character, uh, as Sean, that you that that was the same thing that you learned in real life at the time? You know, not specifically. I mean, I just think that the values of the show, um, particularly the values of uh, friendship and the fact that the things that you do when you are a teenager and the, the, the relationships that you have with your parents, with your teachers, and with your fellow kids, your fellow teenagers, the, that those are important, that they're not... Um, some, you know, frivolous aspect of your life that you should forget about and move on from and grow out of, but instead that, that, that these are connections that actually make you who you are. And that's, I think, the broadest message of, uh, of, of Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World, um, and I completely agree with that. I mean, I think that, you know, as much as, you know, 
I've creatively moved on, like a huge part of me is the 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 experience I had on Boy Meets World, and you know, I, and then in my personal life, I know certainly that the friends that I had at that age are you know were the defining friendships of my life. And, um, you know, whether you're still best friends with everybody or whether you're still dating the girl that you dated when you were 15, which, you know, in Corey Topanga's case, ended up being the way the story went, you know, it doesn't matter that, that you take those things seriously and that you, you um, treat them with respect and know that, you know, your behavior and how you treat other people matters. Like, that, that's, you know, dream, try, do good, like his last final words to us. Like, I, I, I still believe that, you know, pretty, pretty beautiful. We wanted to know if you had anything else left to teach us. Believe in yourselves. Dream. Try. Do good. Don't you mean do well? No, I mean do good. For a lot of us, Mr. Feeney was responsible for an early life enlightenment, a renaissance of realizing there's more to this world than the Disney Channel. He teaches viewers lessons in the show, like a real hero is someone who does the right thing when the right thing isn't always the easy thing to do. And if you let people's perception of you dictate your behavior, you'll never grow as a person. In the 90s, Mr. Feeney saved us. So what, on a more personal level, saved Ryder Strong? What non-Boy Meets World thing from the 90s stands out to him? Well, that's very easy. It's uh, the Counting Crows album, August and Everything After. Oh, so good. <laughs> couldn't, have, couldn't have changed my life more. You know, that was like, I was, it was right when Boy Meets World started. I remember the first season. We were filming the first season. And, you know, I was, I was living in Northern California. And the band was from Northern California. And it was just like, you know, it was the, the album for me at 13. And... That just defined that year, and a lot of my teens were spent sort of listening to that album. So, you know, and I still love it. I just, I, you know, I, I, now I listen to things on vinyl, and that was one of the first, like, vinyl records I had to buy, you know. And it's one of those that it's very dated just because it was so popular in the time, but actually, like, you listen to it, it's still a pretty perfect album. The lyrics are incredible, and it's, it's a wonderful album. So, love it. definitely that one. Well, Ryder Strong, we really appreciate you taking time. I know you're a very different actor these days, but it's really cool to see you as Sean Hunter on Girl Meets World and fun to analyze a show that touched all of us so deeply. So thank you very much. Of course. Thank you, Tyler. Next week, Rob Paulson, cartoon voice actor who plays Yakko in The Animaniacs, Pinky and Pinky in the Brain, Raphael in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and many more. I'm Tyler Russell, and from us here at Snippet, dream, try, do good. Boy Meets 90s is an original production of Snippet in Orange County, California. Interviewing and executive production from me, Tyler Russell. Recording done at KXFM Studios in Laguna Beach. Additional production from Steph Weaver-Weinberg. And original theme music from Jonathan Rock. Find more original short podcasts at snippet.fm.